People always want to know what it's like to be me. How does it feel to see a dead body? Tell a family their loved one has been murdered. Talk to a rape victim. Catch a killer. And get them to confess. Hold on tight, my friends. Get ready for the journey. And welcome to Murder with Menina. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Murder with Menina. Colleen, where are you? Egypt? Is that right? No, no. I'm in Jordan. And I'm at Petra, and Petra is one of the most magical places I've ever been. I came and thought I'd probably spend two days, possibly three, and I'll be here at least five days. Oh, good for you. I just love it. Yeah, that's fantastic. Well, I'm still in Indianapolis. (laughs) Oh, how's the weather there? It's fine. We're we're doing fine. For uh, January here in India, it was probably 40 today. Oh, oh, that's not bad. That was about the weather here in Petra. Usually it's snowing here this time of year, but, you know, climate change is just really, it's interesting, you know, everywhere I go, it's unusual weather and it's like spring weather here right now. Yeah. Yeah. Climate change is a real thing. We had one, a few days where it was just unbelievably cold. We had a little bit of snow, but for Indianapolis, we haven't had much of a winter, but we could get it late. We can get dumped on in February and March. So I hope not, but mm. yeah. So anyways, I want to get started a little bit. There's been a lot, I've received a lot of uh, emails and text messages and I'm sure um, being out of the country, Colleen, you haven't heard about the horrific uh, shooting that happened in uh, Virginia. I think January 6th of this year where a six-year-old uh, walked into his elementary school and shot his teacher. And luckily, to even hear it, yeah. Luckily, um, she put her hand up, so it actually uh, went through her hand, but did still hit her in the chest. And her name is Abigail. Abigail is Wenwer, and I hope I've pronounced that well or right. But she's was in critical condition, but now in stable condition. But she really did save her own life by putting her hand up and blocking um, part of the impact. But so far this year, 2023, we've had three school shootings and it's some, something that's just a epidemic, uh, that's going on. And, and it kind of blows my mind, um, the safety measures that we have in place. So if you just look at this school shooting right now and some of the things that are coming out, and of course, um, should the parents be responsible? Um, what about a six year old? How would he know where a gun is? Why did he know where a gun is? And then of course, the, the big question of why would he go in and shoot his teacher? So. Anyways, in this situation, um, as in new information is coming out about it, there was a tip that was called in um, that said that a, a possible gun, this little guy might have a possible gun, you know, bringing it to school. So they knew about it. And from what I'm learning, they did search his backpack and they didn't find a gun. And I would imagine that they searched him and they didn't find a gun. So they went on with their day. And two hours later is when he shot his teacher. So there's a couple things that when you think about, like, what is it that we need to do as a country? When I just look at those um, things, if I just look at that situation where you know that you there's a tip that's called in. And there's a lot of times where it's a it's a hoax and people are just trying to get things stirred up. Even the high school where I'm teaching at, there'll be um, things on Instagram saying, oh, we're going to shoot up the school tomorrow. And, you know, there's safety things that go in and it would try to figure out if it was just a joke or hope it was a joke and it doesn't happen. But in this particular situation, I have a lot of questions and I'm sure the country and anybody that's followed the story 
has a lot of countries and a, or a lot of questions. And the first question is, first of all, how did he get a handgun, right? And what they learned is mom, mom registered the gun. It's her gun. It was legally registered. So, um, and in this state, evidently, if there is a loaded gun that is accessible to a child being 14 years or younger, the mother or the gun owner can be charged a misdemeanor. That's it. Okay. And most of the time a misdemeanor is a slap in the hand, like, right? Like a slap. Cause she obviously doesn't have any major criminal history because she wouldn't have been able to get the gun and register it legally. So she's going to get a slap on the wrist. And there's always this question, should the parents um, be charged? And the one school shooting that happened in 2000, where another six-year-old, this happened in the year 2000, went to, in Michigan, he went to school, he shot his buddy and killed his little buddy. And then he went up to a girl and said, I don't like you and shot her. And a family member who owned the gun ended up um, taking a plea for involuntary manslaughter on that. Right. And for anybody that doesn't know, your involuntary manslaughter is in, in each state is differently. In the state of Indiana, we don't have like murder one or two. We've got murder, felony, felony murder. So we've got murder, we've got felony murder, we've got voluntary manslaughter and involuntary manslaughter. And so when you look at murder, that's, you know, you've got pure intent, you've got a motive, there's an intent to go in and, and kill this person. A voluntary manslaughter, you talk a little bit about um, the moment, that the act, uh, when things were going on, and did you shoot, you know, out of passion? What were, You know, the circumstances were really high at that point, and not necessarily it wasn't planned out. Some shit went down and you shot and killed somebody. And then you look at involuntary and a lot of times involuntary is the people that go out and um, drink and drive or text and drive and they end up killing somebody. They, they crash into them and kill it. There's not an intent. They made they made a bad choice, which caused a death. Um, and so that and that's the in, involuntary. So, you know, in the in the Michigan case in 2000, the family member who in the gun pleaded to, you know, involuntary manslaughter, took responsibility, did, had no intention of killing these two, you know, child. One, he didn't pull the trigger. Um, the young child did. So when you look at this situation, um, you know, the question is, how did he get the handgun? Okay. But the big blaring thing to me as I was reading it and looking at the news and hearing all this stuff is, is, is a couple of things. First of all, there's a tip that's called in that he might bring a gun. Okay. So they did do a good job and they, and to a point, I guess, is they looked into his backpack and they, and they searched him. But what my big question is why then and there did they not even at least, um, contact law enforcement? And this is why we, we do searches every day, right? We know how to search. So if a tip had come in that some uh, little boy or a little girl was going to bring a gun to an elementary school, um, and they called the police and we said, Hey, we want you to come in and search. You know, you're bringing a bunch of officers and you search everywhere, not just the book bag, but everywhere a gun could be hidden. OK, but then it really just um, I thought to myself, why the hell? Because from the time they searched the book bag to the to the time that the shooting occurred, why the heck did they not call home for a couple of reasons? One, by the way, mom and dad, we um, got a tip that your son may have brought a gun to school and we want to let you know that we searched him and we searched his book bag. But the number one question would have been, do you own a handgun? Do you have a handgun in the house? And if they say yes, you need to go and see if it's there. <laughs> like, I just can't believe like, because that could have just avoided the whole situation, right? She's got this gun. It's a legal gun. She has the right to have it. Just call 
the home and let them know what 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 was the tip. Here's what we did with your child. But we really need to know if the handgun is at your home, because wouldn't that have changed the entire dynamic? She could have said, hold on a second. Let me go look, come back on the phone and been like, oh, my God, no, my handgun is done. Then safety steps could have been we need to clear the school, everybody out of the school. You know what I mean? Like, right. It seems it it, it seems like common sense when you okay, say so, it. But here's the well, other thing. I have a question. Who who gave the tip? Was that? Well, was that, that hasn't notified? come out yet. It, it, that has not come out yet. Um, and then there was even some reports that after the shooting, that the shooter was even kind of struggling with police as they came in and subdued him or tried to stop them. He was even um, fighting with the police. So wow. then you got then, of course, now here we're in the situation where, um, you know, this entire school is affected. Obviously, the kids in the classroom and the police chief got on the news and said, Hey, this was absolutely a targeted shooting. Absolutely a targeted shooting. Not he brought a gun to school, um, you know, for whatever reason. And it went off. It wasn't any of that from, according to the police chief, this child brought a gun and, um, there wasn't, uh, and there was a plan to shoot his teacher. It said it was absolutely intentional. And then of course the question is, was there an altercation? And from, what I know now, it, there wasn't actually an altercation that day. Now, there, could there have been an altercation the day before? Could the child have gotten into trouble? We don't know that yet. And all of that will come out. Um, but this is where we're at. Like, and to me, and this is what I want to ask you, Colleen, and, and maybe, you know, listeners or whatever, when, when I think, okay, well, why was the police called to search and why wasn't there a call home? To me, that is so unbelievably common sense, but is it not to, people that are in law enforcement. I mean, it's completely common sense. That's where my head went to. Why was the parent not called? Yeah. Do you have a gun in the house? Go check and see if it's there. We've got a problem here because you're talking about two hours went by two hours went by. They let him go back to to school. And also what, what was the history with this kid? You know, had he had, you know, was he suspended? Did he fight other kids at school? Like there must've been some personality traits that went along with the tip. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, if he was fighting off police, then that would have, um, I would assume there must've been uh, a history. Right. Well, and it's not just this sweet little kid might have a gun at school. It's probably, it was probably more like, oh, this child who's, you know, exhibited a lot of unusually angry behavior. Right. uh, Combative behavior might have a gun. That's different, right? Well, it is. And the things that kind of, that blows my mind about where we're at in this country with school shootings is that you're going to go back. And you're going to look and there are going to be red flags, right? There are going to be things that uh, it was a red flag when the tip got called in. There's your first red flag. Right. But I mean, there's going to be, there's going to be red flags before that. And we're not, we're not believing these red flags. We're not doing enough with these red flags. We're not even calling home. Like we're not doing certain things. And even with the school shooting that happened, um, a couple of years ago, and I think that was again in Michigan, you know, this kid drew it out, right? Drew it that he was going to shoot up the school. They call him down to the principal's office. They call the parents. They're in a meeting. They're talking about, hey, this is the picture. And they all decide to send him back to class. And he's like, okay, mom and dad go home. They send him back to class. He goes into the bathroom. 
he gets the gun out of his backpack and he shoots up the school. And it's like, why would you send him back to class? Like, and so my point is, is that it doesn't appear that we're really kind of learning anything from, from the past, especially in reference to these school shootings. So now we're at a point, you know, with this, with this situation with the six year old, okay, we can charge him as a juvenile. Okay. But in the state, he can't do any, any jail time. The youngest child that can do any type of prison time in, in charges a juvenile in that state is 11. So here you have a six year old that isn't going to do anything. Now he's getting some psychiatric treatment and I'm sure they're interviewing and I'm sure they have experts trying to come in and talk to him about, you know, why he did what he did, interviewing the teacher, you know, what happened before and they're doing all that. But at the end of the day, there isn't really anything, um, that can happen. He can be charged as a juvenile and he, and he may be charged. But he can't do any jail time because he's not 11. And the big reason that for that is what's called the, the infancy defense. So I don't know if you've ever heard of it, but the infancy, yeah, the infancy defense is because they're so young, children can't really figure out intent, can't, can't think on their own intentional or criminal intent, you know, which is what you need, right? You need to prove the motive. You need to prove that they really thought this thing through and that they were going to go do that. And they're saying that, um, he's too young to be able to form criminal intent. That's called the infancy defense. So that's going to be his defense. So then it's like, where where are we at with this? Where are we at with this? And so my question to you and even the listeners is, should mom be charged with some type of crime? And they're looking into it. You know, should mom Mm -hmm. be held responsible for not putting her gun up and put it in, in a position where this little guy can go grab it, put it in his book bag, get on a school bus, or he got dropped off, however, and go to school with a gun. Should he, should they be, or should mom be held responsible? And it's a big question. And it's crazy because even I asked my kids, you know, what, what do you guys think? Should mom and dad or mom or whoever owned the gun be responsible? And most of them said no. And, you know, wow. that's their age too, but they're thinking, no, I, he say do. Resou- I say a resounding yes. Yeah. And I'm a parent, right? Yeah. So. Yeah. So it's interesting to hear the younger people's perspective. They're like, well, he obviously knew. He knew what he was doing. He knew that he he knew where the gun was. He knew that he was going to put it in his backpack, and he knew that he was going to go and shoot his teacher. So no, you but they're can't. they're also not parents. But I mean, how is the mother not responsible? Right. And in that or state, she put, should have put the gun in a safe. Absolutely. And then there comes that question, right? Right. Like, so you talk about you get it, you get a handgun, you do everything right legally, you get it registered, however your state does it. And then you put it in a safe or you put it in a lockbox or you unload it or you do both or you unload it, put the gun in the safe and put the ammunition somewhere else. Those are all things that you're taught and all things that you talk about. And then, of course, the big question is that's all fine and dandy and that's safe. But when I go and get it, in the need of because someone's breaking into my home or someone's attacking me, I'm not going to have enough time to get in my safe. I could be already stressed out. Can't remember the combination. And then if I load the, and if the ammo's somewhere else, you know, in that time I could be killed. (laughs) Yeah. But if you have children in the house, then that's the, you know, then you have to weigh that out. Exactly. So from then, since this incident, 
And they've done this really, really quick. There's money. Money was found to install metal detectors, right? And they're going to start issuing out clear backpacks for everybody. And so it just, it just fires me up that now they're doing that stuff. It's like how we've had a million school shootings. Why are, why, why all of a sudden did you get the money so quickly? You know, now, now they're going to do it. And so that's an interesting topic as well, right? And I teach at a high school and there's high schools all around. And, and the big issue that I get or the big uh, pushback, because I'm for metal detectors. I absolutely are for them. And what's interesting, and I kind of talked to some of my coworkers, because, you know, we we're talking about this horrible event as we're all teachers and thinking, how the hell did a six-year-old get a gun? You know, how the hell did that happen? So we're all talking about it. And, you know, all the teachers that I teach around, they're all for it, you know, but, but the big pushback as it goes is, well, we don't want our school. It makes our school look bad if we have metal detectors. And, and, and my response to that is it looks really, really bad when you're stepping over dead kids. Like, you know what I mean? And so that is a big debate and a big question about, you know, do we have metal detectors? Does it make it look bad? And, 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 and most of the schools don't. Now they will bring them out during basketball games on Friday nights, you know, when a lot of the community's coming in and you got to go through the metal detector, get in to the game and that's fine. And if you look at the school shootings that have happened this year, it hasn't been inside of a school. It's been on the school grounds after basketball games. And that's where a lot of or football games or whatever the event is, because you get a lot of the community, they're out there in the parking lot. Um, the cars are jam packed. People are moving. They're heated over who won or the calls or whatever. And so the shootings that have occurred other than this one up to this point have been on school grounds, um, not inside the school. And so the big thing that I hear more times than not is we just don't want our school to look like this. It makes the school look bad. And I'm like, I, that, that blows my mind. And then it, and then it's like, well, what about the time it's going to take, right? It's going to take a long time for each kid to go through the metal detector every morning, especially at a large school. We have a very large school and I've talked about the teachers. I said, well, okay, you know, we have seven periods, take five minutes off of each period. You know, there's an extra 35 minutes have more than one metal detector and maybe have each class have freshmen go through this door, sophomores go through this door, juniors. You know what I mean? It's like, to me, it's very, very much common sense. And I don't understand why we are at this place in our country where our children and our kids. And then of course you've got to look at Uvalde. And I've talked about that a little bit before. That's horrible. That was a horrible, horrible situation to happen that someone was able to walk into the school with a, with a rifle and shoot up the school. And then of course, how the police reacted to that. And, and so here we are. So here we are. We're very early into January. We're going to be able to talk about, I can have, we'll be, we'll be able to have as many podcasts as we want about school shootings that are going to happen around the country. And it's not, and I'm not against people having firearms. What I'm against is, um, how are they getting in the hands of children and going into our classrooms and killing teachers or shooting teachers and killing other children? That that's the, you know, it's like we have this right. huge problem, right? The right to bear arms. That's fine. The right to have them in your home, the right to even carry them when you feel like you got to go to the grocery store, all of that stuff. But there's gotta be, there's gotta be a better way than 
children, six-year-olds, to be able to get it, put it in their backpack, go to school and shoot their teacher. Like, what's that's that's the I'm so curious dilemma. to know what the details are in this case. You know what you know other people's what the other people say about these parents and about the child, the child's behavior previous to that. The um, you know uh, the tip who 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 called the tip in. Um, it, what was the com- what was the conflict with the child and the teacher? I mean. It's just mind blowing. Well, if you go back, yeah, if you go back and you look at at most of them, you're going to see red flags in all of them. Mm-hmm. And it's like, how many times do we have to be knocked in the head before we understand that red flags are exactly that? They're red flags, you know. And I don't know, you know if- what. I mean, this is an odd parallel, but I um, there was this man I in my old neighborhood. There was this family, and every time they got a dog and they seem to have, you know, they kept saying they rescued dogs, but they'd have these purebred dogs or whatever dogs, beautiful dogs. Uh, one was a golden retriever, for instance. I think one was an Australian ship, shepherd and one was a boxer. Like these are nice breeds, right? And their dogs, every dog they ever had was vicious. Yeah. You, on the leash, you know, to people, to other dogs, just so pent up and vicious. And it was this, it was a sign. I thought, what is going on in that home? Yeah. That these animals, all three that they had were also vicious. It's just, it's too big of a coincidence, right? So I feel like in the same way, there must be those kinds of signs where people are going to say, oh yeah, this kid was, you know, yeah, he's only six, but I mean, or maybe there's other, were there other children in the household? That hasn't come out yet. There's been kind of yeah. See, that's the kind of thing I wonder. Like, what was going on in that household that a six-year-old would be that angry or or that? Right, and that's that's the most intriguing part. Sociopathic, exactly. And that's the most intriguing part. And that's the big the big question around the country is is what 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 kind of environment was this child living in? What was he exposed to? But it still goes back to red flags. And there was a red flag, even if there was no other red flag, maybe this kid is a good student. Maybe his mother, everything about, you know, his, he's got a great life at home. There still was a red flag. And so my question is, why are we not at this point in time in our country believing red flags? Right. And I talk about it all the time when keeping your head on a swivel and that gut feeling. And, you know, you encourage people to, if they see something, say something, right? We encourage people to do it. Please do it. Please do it. And what I see is like, okay, we're telling people to do it. They do it, but things are still happening. It's like, okay, I can say something, but nothing's happening, right? I said something. Somebody called it in and said, you know, there's going to be a a, a gun brought to the school. And so what's interesting too, where I teach is, and I was talking to um, a coworker, about all of this, because of course the teachers were, were talking about this. It's scary. And, you know, the big question was, you know, you guys think, do we have guns in, in the school? And I'm like, I know we have guns where I teach. And, and what some of the teachers told me is it's, yeah, these kids bring guns to school because they're worried about the walk to school. They keep it at school. And then they're worried about the walk home. So it's not necessarily they're bringing the gun to do anything at school, but they're worried about walking to and walking home. And, and so, you know, the conversation and it's like, I can't believe that we're, we're at this position and we're not, we're not believing the red flags. You have to believe the red flags. You have to, 
You have to listen to your gut. And like I've said before, you know, every single time that I've been in a bad situation, I feel like over my career where I've not gotten hurt, luckily I listened to it. You know, I listened to my gut feeling and said, you know what, I'm going to wait and call back up before I look behind this door or I'm not going to look under the bed on the one instance where the guy would have blown me away with his AK and shot my face off, you know, but there was just a little, and we're not paying attention to that. So that's the moral of the story. You know, we were, we're intrigued of why did this little guy did it? We were intrigued of what happened, you know, to, to Jeffrey Dahmer and his life, you know, and why did he kill people and eat people and put them in the freezer? And if you look back, the common, the common thing is there were red flags all the way along and, and why are we not listening to them? So, you guys that are listening, red flags are so important. Gut feelings are so important. And I will still say to this day, if you see something, say something, because we, we're going to get to the point where we're going to have to listen, you know, because now six-year-olds are shooting their teachers. It's crazy to me. It's so sad. I've just been upset about it ever since I read about it. And, and uh, you know, they'll deep dive into it and we'll get the answers. And that's great, right? We're going to get the answers. We're going to learn why he did it. You know, is that better? Is that better for the teacher? No, she's, you know, she's fighting for her life. Her whole life is going to be impacted by this. And then every little kid that was in that classroom is going to be impacted by it. So just something to think about. Prayers out to her and her family and all the school children. And, you know, we all say the same thing. Prayers to the family, prayers to the people that have died, all that stuff. But it's like, when are we going to do something so that we can stop having to say prayers to the families and we're sorry for the death of your children. And wow just fired up about this. So anyways, guys, keep your kids safe. Again, nothing wrong with having a firearm. I tell people that ask me all the time, do you think I should get a gun? If you think you need a gun for safety or to protect your home, the biggest thing I can tell you is this, make sure you learn how to use it. Make sure that you're comfortable with it. Um, because a lot of times people will buy guns and that's why they feel safe. And they get those guns turned away and flipped on them and they're shot. And then make sure that you keep it in a safe, safe place and away from children so that we don't have this tragedy happen again. So that is my spiel. Chris, isn't there also, um, I mean, I know people who, who've gotten guns and then they go to the shooting range, but then they put them in a safe and they don't, they don't keep going to the shooting range. It's like everything else, right? That the muscle memory and the, that you have to regularly go to the shooting range. I don't know what regularly means. Once or twice a month would be good, but your your body will not go where your mind hasn't. So there's one thing to say, oh, I'm going to get a gun and I'm going to protect myself at my home if there's an intruder. There's another thing. There's a whole other element. When you're looking at the bad guy, do you have the ability or the mental or the strength or whatever to actually pull the trigger and shoot somebody? Those are two different things, right? And so you've got to, you've got to start asking yourself, am I – mentally could I mentally shoot and kill somebody and a lot of people say oh my god I could if my kids were being you know injured or somebody was breaking in or whatever the situation I absolutely could fire my gun that's all great but remember 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 the body will not go where the mind hasn't so those are the things that you have to think about it and I tell people be as mentally strong with your gun physically but be just as strong mentally with it so that is my spiel (laughs) Yeah. And I need a vacation. Good tip. Yeah. <laughs> so, guidance. When was your last vacation, Chris? Uh, it's been too long. I am one of those people that has to right. have something to look forward to. And I find myself in the gloomy months of winter when I don't 
when the sun doesn't pop out very often, uh, I start getting in my brain, where am I going and, and things so that I, I get through the winter blues, which I think, you know, a lot of people have. You know, that makes sense. I ha- I don't experience that being, a, you know, growing up in California. But as you say that, I think, yeah, that makes sense. I can see yeah, that. Yeah, absolutely. So, again, thanks for the questions. We did. I did have some correspondence with some people on Instagram of different cases to look at, and we will get to those. Again, guys, rate and review. Um, and we appreciate all the love and support. And stay safe and have a good week, and we will see you next time on Murder with Manina. If you have a cold case you'd like Chris to review, submit it through our website at murderwithmenina.com and follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Murder with Menina and Twitter at Murder W. Menina. We'll be back next week with a brand new episode of Murder with Menina.